Good morning. Man, it is packed. That is awesome. If you're a guest, we welcome you and we thank you for being here. You are our honored guest, truly. And brothers and sisters, if you see somebody here that you do not know, hug their neck. Love on them. Show them what brothers and sisters in Christ do to people. We love on people. Amen? There was a young boy who was constantly late for dinner. He'd already been told not to be late, and finally his parents told him that he needed to start being home on time or he would be punished for not listening. Ever been there? So a few weeks went by and he was at his friend's house. He saw the clock and he realized he was late. He hurried home and he found his parents were already eating. And were, where he sat was nothing set for him. There wasn't a plate, there wasn't a napkin, there wasn't a fork, there wasn't anything set there for him. He sat there as his parents passed the food to each other and never passed it to him. They kept it away from him. And he was crushed. His feelings was hurt. Because he didn't understand what was going on. He did, but not really. He was beginning to cry, and all of a sudden, he saw a plate come out of nowhere and got set right in front of him. It was his dad's plate. And he looked up, and his dad smiled. If you would, turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, and I'm really going to be all around in that chapter, but the main points of my lesson are going to come from verses 8, 9, and 10, a verse that we all know, we all know very well. As we begin this morning, I want us to consider this area of Scripture. And it's so important for us as children of God to understand. And we can see how much God loves us and the proof of it. I told that story because just like the young boy, we all understand what God expects of us. And the guidelines that we are to follow... But we, just like the boy, receive something that we didn't or don't deserve. Grace. As we look at these scriptures, I want to encourage you personally to open your minds and think about how much God loves you. Because if it wasn't for God's grace, we couldn't be saved. Let's read the verses. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10. 
For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen? The first thing to consider is that we are saved by grace. Well, what is grace? The instructor at preaching school, his name's Dan Cottrell. I don't know if any of you know who that is. He preaches somewhere in Brentwood. He said when he was in college at Lipscomb, he went to a congregation that was kind of close to there. And many of you will know this name. Aaron knew this name, and I, I, didn't, I don't know this name. It was a preacher by the name of Ira North. Many of you, yeah, I see the heads nodding, yep. Fire red suit, gold suit. When he'd come to the congregations, he had a police escort. This man was a gospel preacher, boy. He explained grace like this. And I love this. this as soon as I heard him say it, it was a couple weeks ago, I wrote it down and I made sure that I just, because I wanted to have this. You get what you don't deserve... And you don't get what you do deserve. Amen? Huh? Think about that. You get what you don't deserve, and you don't get what you do deserve. Man, I wish I'd have thought of that. (laughs) That's awesome. Grace. The Greek word here is karos which means joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loveliness, goodwill, loving kindness, or favor, or the free, unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. I like that. So by God's joy, pleasure, delight, or unmerited favor, we were saved through faith. Thank you, God, for that. Amen? Do we really appreciate that? That's what I want us to think about today. Do we really appreciate what God gave us? As Paul begins the letter of 1 Corinthians in chapter 1, verse 4, he says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus. God gives us grace and Jesus actually shows what grace is. He really is the definition of grace. Jesus. And here's why. Look at verses 1 through 7 with me. Walk with me on this journey of through God's Word. Let's learn and grow and be encouraged by God's Word. God loved us so much that He gave us the B-I-B-L-E. The whole thing. The perfect. I heard people want to talk and say that 1 Corinthians 13, which talks about when the perfect comes, all these spiritual gifts will go away. Say that that's not what this is talking about. But brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. God gave us 
His knowledge from Genesis to Revelation to save our lives. And if we follow those keys that are in this book, we'll have everlasting life. This is the perfect. And it's come to us. Listen to what he says. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did. Amen? By God's grace, we were made alive even though we were dead in our sins. I think sometimes we don't really appreciate that as much as we say we do. We walked according to our own lusts and were by our own nature children of wrath according to verse 3. We were children of wrath. Now, you may have not done a lot of horrible things before you obeyed the gospel. You may have just been a light sinner. Or you may have not done the, what we'd say, the really bad sins. You may have just, you know, done the occasional sins. But you still weren't a child of God. And according to Him, you were a child of wrath. You were an enemy of God to a certain extent. Regardless of whether you was a bad sinner or a little sinner... You still weren't saved. Now you may be thinking, well, I already know that, and I know that too. But we've got to make sure that we understand it, and then we can apply it to our life, because people don't understand that. People don't understand that they're not doing right. Well, I'm a really good person. I do really good things for people. You should see all the stuff that I do in the community. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you this, okay? Think about it for yourself. If someone saved your life, if the, if the building was burning and Kenny Hutchins was the last person in the building, and you were over here on the ground, and he drug you out, and then the building fell down, how would you feel towards that person? <laughs> I mean, there, there wouldn't, a day wouldn't go by that I wouldn't go hug his neck. Huh? 
There wouldn't be a day that went by that I wouldn't go see what I could do for him, what he needed me to do. I'd get emotional sometimes thinking about it. Man, if he wouldn't have came in there and saved me, the building would have collapsed on me. I would have died. Shouldn't that make us a little bit excited about Jesus? Shouldn't that be the thing that's on our mind all the time? They talked about it downstairs. I love ball. But God could care less who wins the ball game. Are you a Christian while you're playing ball? That's the question. Do you love Jesus enough in your life to always look for Him to guide you first? First. Don't you get emotional sometimes thinking about Jesus and what He did for us? By God's grace, He allowed Jesus to make it right. I fall victim to this. Maybe y'all don't. Sometimes in my life, God and Jesus are way up here. And I'm right here. I want to do me more than I want to do Jesus. But remember what Jesus did. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus did that by God's grace. We were children of wrath. We were undeserving. As good of a person as you are, you still cannot be a part of the kingdom without Jesus. And here's the really cool thing, is Jesus said, I'll do it for you. I'll do it. I'll get spit on. I'll get slapped in the face. I'll do things that I should have no reason to do. I will humble myself and I'll die on a cross for you. So you can be with me. Look at verse 4 and verse 5 of Ephesians 2. But God, who is rich in mercy... Because of His great love with which He loved us. God loved us. He loved us. Do you love God? In verse 5, Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. By grace you've been saved, my brothers and sisters. Huh? The next thing that I'd like for us to consider is we can't earn our salvation. Just like I talked about. Look at verse 9. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. 
The sad thing is that people in the world today think that they can work their way to heaven. They can do things that can make them be right in God's eyes. And we all know this, I hope. As good of a person as I am, or as good of a person as you are, you cannot work your way to heaven. And this is... Really, I'm kind of setting this up because this, this area of Scripture is a uh, misunderstood Scripture. People use it in a way that they're not really giving what it really says the, the, the right meaning or the depth of the meaning. Sometimes you just read a Scripture and you say, just like we, they were talking about in class, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I can... Go fly a plane. I should be able to go fly a plane because through all things, Christ strengthens me. Well, if I've never studied to learn how to fly a plane, I wouldn't have a clue how to fly it, right? I want to you to look at these uh, verses real quick. Look at verse 5. Even when we were dead in trespasses, even when we were dead in trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. Look at verse 6. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. Look at verse 7. That in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Christ. You, you, you hear a pattern? Listen to this, verse 10. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus. The only way that you can be saved by grace is to be in Christ. Amen? There's two scriptures that actually tell us how to get into Christ actually get into Christ. I want you to look at them with me. We know them. If you don't have it marked in your Bible, mark it in your Bible. Put a star by it. Galatians 3.27. And I want to start at verse 26. Because when you start looking at the whole totality of the Scripture or all the Scriptures together, they start saying things that make sense together. Listen to what it says in verse 26, Galatians 3.26. A lot of us know it by heart. For you all are sons of God, what? Through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Is that the only thing that you got to do? No. But the way that you get into Christ is you're baptized into Christ. Look at Romans 6, 3. Romans 6, verses 3 and verses 4. 
Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized, what, into Christ Jesus, were baptized into His death? Therefore, we were buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. I'm not up here preaching baptism is the only thing that you have to do to be saved. By grace you're saved, but it's through faith. Some people say that baptism is a work, and therefore what he says in uh, verse 9 means baptism is not essential to your salvation. Brothers and sisters, we have to understand that's not what he's talking about here. When we put it into the context, look at verses 11 through 18. Let me read these with you. Read these with me. Therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. What was going on in Ephesus was these were Gentiles and they didn't know the understanding of how the Jews lived their lives. The Jews were living the lives that what was according to the law. So by their works, they were justified, right? That as they did these things, they were right in God's sight. Gentiles didn't know anything about this. So when Jews and Gentiles who were coming into one body were talking to each other, there was some problems. Oh, you got to get circumcised before you can be a Christian. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do these things. And the Gentiles were like, I've never even heard of this. So in verse 9 he says, Not of works, lest anyone should boast.
we were all made one, two into one, through Jesus Christ and through the cross. And by following what Jesus wants us to do, we receive a free gift. Mark 16, 16 says, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. If you say that baptism is a work, then you have to understand that in John 6, 28 through 29... Look at that. Flip to that real quick with me. John 6, 28 through 29. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? What must we do to work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom He sent. Wait a minute. Believe is also a work. So... If we take that road and say in Ephesians 9 that not of works lest anyone should boast, then belief's out too, right? So you just don't have to do anything to be saved. Come on. Through faith. Through faith. Look at verse 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And really when I was preparing for this lesson, I didn't realize that this is how it was going to unfold for me. But, you know, for this verse to be a verse that so many hold as only a belief verse... Just about every single one of my verses has to do with baptism. Because it's not belief only. It's not baptism only. It's not repentance only. We are God's workmanship. Flip with me to Colossians 2. This is, I'm telling you, man. If you study the Bible and show yourself approved, the Bible will speak to you and show you the truth. We are God's workmanship. Remember that. We are God's workmanship. Tool and die guys, when they do their thing and the thing's done, that's the workmanship. They finished that deal. Whatever that metal piece was. Let me start in verse 11. Colossians 2, verse 11. I don't have time to get into all the whole chapter, but if, we, if, if you feel like we need to, come and holler at me and we'll do it. He says, In Him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands 
by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him, listen to what it says, through faith in the working of God who raised Him from the dead, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has made alive together with Him, having forgiven all trespasses. Your sins are not forgiven until you come out of the water. Because that's where God works on you. And when you come out, guess what? You become God's workmanship. Amen? Huh? Do you see this? Do you see how God's Word tells you that you are saved by grace through faith? Not believing only. Even the demons believe in what? Shudder. If you believe that Jesus died on the cross... This is a gift from God. This is God's grace. Let me tell you what it is. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and He came from heaven and He came to this earth and He took all of our sins and became the most sinful person who never sinned and died on a cross... If you believe that and you're willing to confess that and you're willing to say, you know what? I want to do like Jesus did. And you're put into this water and you're buried with Him just like Jesus was buried and then God works on you and raises you up. If you believe that, guess what? You are in Christ. And this is who... He's talking to. He says, remember, brothers and sisters, you were saved by grace. Be excited to tell somebody that. Live your life in a way that will affect somebody so they can ask you the question, how come you act like that? Because I've been saved by grace. Huh? I'm not ashamed to tell nobody that. Are you? I'm saved by grace. God's grace. Because He loved me so much that He sent His only begotten Son to save me. And when Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, I'll do it. I'll do it. I want to do it. So as I close, let me ask you some questions. Okay? These are for you. I asked them to myself. Now I'm going to ask you. I'm not going to tell you my answers, though. I will if you want me to tell you. But. So let me ask you. How much do you love Jesus? How much do you appreciate what He did? Do you love Him enough to make Him the most important thing in your life? Above anything, your wife, your kids. I love my wife. And I love my kids.
Or is he just in the distance? Is he a distant guy? Until the genie in the bottle, I need that. Lord, come on, help me. Or why'd you do that to me? I thought you loved me. I thought I was saved by grace. Are you thankful for the Father's grace? Because if you are thankful for God's grace, then you'll be willing to go share it. Are you here today and you've never understood or felt God's grace? Let me ask you something. All of you. If Jesus were to come back right now, no doubting, would you go to heaven? Let's get real serious right now. If Jesus came back right now, no doubting, no worries, would Jesus Christ, if He came back, would you go to heaven with Him? Or are you here today and you at one time knew that without a doubt you was going to go to heaven, but as the Bible says, you have fallen from grace. Once saved, always saved is not a biblical doctrine, brothers and sisters. And that amazes me. A God who loved us so much, you would walk away. But maybe you are here today. Guess what? You can be made right again. That's how awesome God's grace is. You don't have to have a bull or a goat. You can repent. You can ask for forgiveness and He'll forgive you. I'm sorry I'm emotional about this and I'm loud about it. I'm not trying to be uh, loud to the point where, man, he talks way too... I'm telling you, I'm passionate about one thing. And that is Jesus Christ is going to come back one day and people are not going to be saved. And I hope it's not all of us who are in the crowd right now. I hope we all get to go see Jesus. Not because we can go have fun and we can go uh, play basketball in heaven. Because we get to go be with our Father. With the, with, with the man who loved us so much that He allowed us to come be a part of something that we don't deserve. If you're here today and you need to obey the gospel, if you need to put on Christ in baptism, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and you believe that He died on the cross and you say, you know what? I want to turn from the way I'm living and I want to live for Jesus and I want to tell people, you know what? I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and I want to be baptized for the remission of my sins so my sins can be forgiven. Why don't you be bold? Why don't you be courageous? Why don't you come up here and make it right? And let all of the brothers and sisters hug you and love you. There ain't no better feeling than that. If you need to be put back right with God, be bold and be courageous. 
Jesus made that available for us. Why don't we take advantage of it as we stand and as we sing?